Welcome back to another episode of SDBC Podcast. Today is just me and Mary again, and we're going to talk about some really cool stuff. I think mm-hmm. we're, uh, many of you know that at the time of the recording, at least, we're in a sermon series at our church called Jesus the Better. It's in the book of Hebrews, and we've been going at it for a little while here. We're actually kind of closing in on the end. It's probably the last month here. Um, but Hebrews ch- chapter 10, verses 24 to 25. Now, I didn't get to like really deep dive into these verses because that passage was um, on Easter Sunday. Right. (laughs) So it was like a little bit of a different kind of a Sunday. So I spoke about it, but not really. I didn't get to dwell on it a lot when I was preaching. So I thought it'd be really cool to do like an extended episode on Mm -hmm. these verses because it's so really important to what we're doing as a church. Right. This idea of being together. So let me just read the text first. It's Hebrews 10, 24, 25. It says, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, that's the day with capital D, meaning kind of the the end times, the final day, right? The day of judgment and all that stuff. So as the Hebrews author considers the persecution and the temptation to walk away from God and, and the faith in Jesus Christ, as he sees that rise in in the listeners or the recipients of this letter, he's giving these kind of stern warnings to stay faithful. He does that all through the letter. Um, but here he's kind of saying, hey, don't forget to meet together. Don't neglect meeting together as mm-hmm. fellow brothers and sisters in Christ um, because you're going to need that. Right now, you're going to need to do that to stir one another up to love and good works. You're going to need that for endurance. You're going to need that for encouragement. You're going to need that especially in light of the fact that, hey, Jesus is coming back and you want to be found faithful, right? Like faithfulness is one of the big things that the author emphasizes. So um, he talks about this idea of community and how essential community is for endurance, a healthy Christian life, um, and really everything uh, as a follower of Christ. We cannot do it alone. Um, now, Mary, you're a community life coordinator mm-hmm. here at our church. Obviously, this is a big thing for you personally and also your role here at our church. So um, how do you read this as you see these words kind of like do not neglect to meet together, as mm-hmm. is the habit of some others? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's incredibly important and we read about that in the Bible in many, many places, even Mm -hmm. about how Jesus, when he dwelt here on earth, he chose to do so in community amongst the disciples um, who were with him, who were pretty much always with him ministering together. Uh, But we also have a ton of research now um, in psychology and science about how loneliness is a problem, how we even heard this um, at a conference we went to lately about how it's like being lonely is the equivalent of, I can't remember what she said, but smoking a lot of, a lots of packs of cigarettes per day, like being lonely can have um, a more detrimental impact on you. And so we see this not only in the scripture that we read, but also in our current real life examples of how community has, and not being alone has a great impact on your physical and mental health. So I I don't think we can stray away from how important 
this is. But it also makes me think back to um, COVID and going through that and yes. navigating that and how we navigated that in light of passages like this and how it was challenging because, yes, we couldn't physically meet. So then let's mm -hmm. reframe our idea of this. Let's make the most out of it. And it, it was a challenging time yes. um, because it doesn't it say exactly in the Bible how to navigate COVID. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was a challenging time for yeah. sure in terms of community. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, I think when we talk about community and, and you know, it's obviously the in-person stuff, going for mm -hmm. walks together, maybe um, sharing a hobby, <clears throat> playing sports together, watching our SDBC soccer team together and cheering mm -hmm. them on. Listening to our SDBC <clears throat> podcast together. Yes, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Um, so then we, we get to this point where, yeah, during the pandemic, we were stretched. Mm -hmm. um, creativity was required intentionality was required there weren't many natural opportunities for you to find community yeah because you're just sitting at home maybe alone maybe with your family um maybe with a roommate um but if you were literally alone in your house then chances are you didn't see anyone physically for a long time months yeah so i think that becomes extremely challenging because um, that's kind of the context that the book of Hebrews was trying to address. Um, now, it wasn't COVID. It was persecution and yeah. it was other stuff. But there were many reasons why they weren't finding community, especially in this particular text. They're not just talking about hanging out with friends. They're simply really straightforward. They're talking about hanging out with Christ followers, mm -hmm. right? It's not just hanging out with people who give you community, which is extremely important. So in a broader way, yes, that's true. But in a more narrow way in this text, it's like, hey, even if you're hanging out and you're, if you're, even if you're having fun and you're morally supported, you're, you're emotionally well supported because you got lots of people around you, neglecting to gather with your friends who share Christ as the center of their lives, that's going to have a spiritual detriment to your life. Mm. And for a season, maybe you're in a, you're in a place where you can't have that community freely like the people in Hebrews did, and you have to really intentionally work at it. But if you let that slip and continue to walk alone uh, in your journey with Christ and your spiritual journey, then uh, the author is kind of giving a very uh, firm warning, saying, don't do it. That's going to be very difficult, and it's going to lead you to a very difficult place. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so considering that, let's just go through some of the historical and cultural context again. If you've been following through the sermon series, I mean, you've heard this over and over. But it's always good to review. Mm -hmm. um, the emperor during the time of the author of Hebrews, uh, it was um, Claudius would have been in the 40s, 41 CE, he becomes emperor. And uh, for about seven or eight, eight years, he tries to apply political pressure on the people of um, uh, the people who claim to be Jesus followers in Rome. So then Claudius doesn't like uh, some of the things that he sees. And, and then he puts all these policies together to kind of stifle their growth, kind of, but it doesn't work clearly. Because by 49 uh, CE, so AD or CE, um, there's a Claudian edict that is put in place. And the Emperor Claudius, the Emperor of Rome, he actually issues this uh, edict to say everyone who is causing trouble, all the Christians, the Christ followers in Rome, uh, we're going to kick them out. Now, now, if you can imagine this, right, because we probably can't. Mm -mm. Uh, we can't appreciate this fully because if we were forced out of our houses and out of our communities that we love so much here in, you know, Tawasson and Ladner and other places, wherever you may live, um, if you were just kicked out one day because the king said so, you know, that would be harsh. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately in Canada, there's similar histories, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the Japanese internment, we have friends who, who have parents who've lived through this 
And, you know, just even hearing some of that is so mm-hmm. mind-boggling for us because yeah. we can't imagine that happening today. Residential schools as well. Residential schools. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, in our own history, not even that long ago, um, some people, unfortunately, had to experience something similar. But Christians in the Roman context in the first century, in year 49 CE, very specifically, um, they experienced that kind of persecution. And they, uh, they had to flee and they had to go elsewhere. And we see biblical characters like Priscilla and Aquila um, who actually leave Rome. And then they meet a guy named Paul in the Bible, right? The Apostle Paul. And they start a work together in Corinth. So the whole reason they met up in Corinth and they started, you know, selling tents together and sharing the gospel together, all of that was a result of a historical event that happened in Rome under the Emperor Claudius. Now, I personally believe, and we did a whole episode on this, Mm -hmm. right? Who wrote the book of Hebrews and when and all that stuff. But I believe the second persecution that the author of Hebrews is talking about in this letter came around uh, maybe late 60s uh, CE, uh, before 70 CE, so before the fall of Jerusalem uh, Temple, but after the Great Fire of Rome, which happened in July of 64 CE. Okay, so somewhere in between that timeline, I believe this is when this letter was written. So in that context where you being heavily persecuted, thrown out of your house, and maybe you came back to Rome after that, but still there's there's remaining persecution and following Christ came at a really high price. Now, if you are in that boat, then you have to stick together. You have to support each other. Um, it's not really a choice. It's, it's really the way of survival, not only just a way to thrive, but it's also a way to survive in that kind of a context. So I think when we read Hebrews 10 verses 24, 25, it's not like, Oh, that person's skipping community group too much. You know, uh, maybe we should talk to them about mm. not neglecting. And you know what? It's true. But I think we have to remember the urgency that the author of Hebrews is trying to address here. And every reader would have sensed it because their historical context that they were living through, their moment, mm-hmm. uh, demanded this kind of urgency. It's either you walk away from Christ or you go all in. You couldn't be in between. Uh, it probably would have been quite challenging, though, because wouldn't they have been somewhat also in hiding? So then trying to meet together or n- no, not at uh, this point? Not necessarily. Okay. Um, so it, uh, the book of Hebrews says something like um, um, like that they haven't been persecuted to the point of blood yet, like spilling right. blood yet. So we would assume that maybe this particular group, um, maybe there weren't martyrs yet at this mm. point. I mean, this is a speculation just off some of these verses. Now, there could have been martyrs or not, but it doesn't sound like they have an immediate threat to life. Um, right. But there's maybe economic persecution, mm. ostracizing, um, and all of those bullying, perhaps. Um, it sounds like most likely they were experiencing those levels. And there was a real chance and potential that this persecution would ramp up to uh, potentially right. being martyred. So I think the author was preparing them for that. Mm. But you're right, though. Like, it's... It, it, they... They were walking on eggshells mm-hmm. at the very best, right? They weren't in this great position to like gather and do like mega church like we do now, yeah. where thousands of people gather yeah. in a parking lot, go on golf carts and and drive down into this beautiful sanctuary where you can freely worship God. Mm. Like this was still technically an illegal religion at the time. Mm. So very different context. So yeah, maybe a little bit misleading if we just think, Oh, yeah, that guy was probably skipping community group too much. Maybe he had a lot of sports that he was into, and he needed a little bit of a wake-up call. It was Mm -hmm. a lot more urgent, um, and it was a lot more um, core to who they were as Christians at that point. Hmm. So in light of all of that, in today's culture where we are kind of, yeah, we're, we're free to assemble and worship God, 
kind of whenever we want, mm -hmm. almost wherever we want. Mm -hmm. um, so in this kind of a context, maybe there's a different challenge for us. So if that's the historical context of Hebrews, um, what do you think is our cultural moment now? What's our historical context that, that requires us to still heed these words, mm -hmm. listen to this guy saying, hey, you can't forget to meet together. You can't neglect gathering together as Christians. Right. Yeah, before I touch on that, I also want to just circle back to say that, um, yes, that's what it is for us in our like Western North American culture. Mm, I just mm. actually took an intercultural theology class yes. where he just blew my mind about yeah. how uh, West focused we are in the West yes. and how in places in the world, you know, it's still more similar to this context, yes, if absolutely. not even the other, the martyr context yes. that we were talking about too. Yeah. So though, you know, it is 2023, there's that's still happening all over Good the world. Um, and again, going back to the conference that we're going to talk about, they yeah. were also talking about that um, at the conference too, about how there's places in the world right now where people come from, that that's their reality. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. And, and, and that, that kind of is for everything. Like when we say Christianity or church attendance at the very least is in decline, like in massive ways, that's North American stats. Mm -hmm. um, Christianity is on the rise for most of the world. Mm -hmm. uh, in China and all these persecuted countries. Which and, is, yeah, just so interesting. There are, there are literally billions of people who are confessing their faith in Christ. And a lot of them, millions of them, um, in light of the fact that they might be killed or persecuted heavily if they proclaim their faith in Christ and they're still doing it. Mm -hmm. So yes, um, what we're sharing today even is a little bit from our perspective. And that is not the perspective. That's not the whole picture in the world. Mm -hmm. And I, I can't help but think sometimes that then there must be maybe a correlation between being persecuted, being on the margins and faith in Jesus growing. And perhaps yeah. that that correlation is because they actually realize their need for him. Because yeah. I think sometimes we can miss that. I mean, unless there's a huge tragedy going on in your family or something like that, that if our lives are comfortable and similar mm -hmm. every day, that we just forget that we need Jesus on yeah. a daily account. But that in these other places, when it's literally your life and your family and your livelihood and your freedom that's at stake, you you realize the the need more. Yeah. I just, I think about that a lot. Yeah. Maybe perhaps that's what God meant when he told us in the Beatitudes that blessed are you when you're reviled against for my sake, mm -hmm. right? Blessed mm -hmm. are you when you're persecuted because of me. Yeah. Um, and, and he even goes further and says, rejoice and be glad, right? For your reward in heaven is great. Even the prophets that came before you, they did the same thing to them. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, it's hard. It's a hard concept for us um, who have enjoyed so much peace, especially Mary, you and me, our generation. Mm -hmm. Like Now, our previous generation, they went through wars. They went through the Great Depression and all that stuff. But our generation before COVID, we really didn't go through too many global crises that actually impacted us right here in our home. Um, so maybe for us, this is a hard concept to understand. But yeah, persecution sometimes brings uh, our faith Mm -hmm. up and in and, and, and the center and, and allows it to grow and develop and allows us to learn how to trust God. I think that's especially true with, um, um, we, we went to this convention, Impact, and we're going to talk about that in a bit, but this is our Fellowship Pacific, our network of many churches all across our region here in BC and Yukon. And as we were talking to other Christian leaders, there's a little bit of a, not not like a shame as in like shame on you, Paul, kind of a shame, but like it is a little bit, of a shame that we're considering like, oh man, 
um, if you don't, if you're too nervous about baptism, maybe you don't need to be baptized. Or not that we say this, we don't. By mm-hmm. the way, um, but there's a sentiment that like it's all about you as the person being baptized, and you know you got to have the right water temperature in the tank. And mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're cold, like maybe you're not going to jump in because <laughs> the water's too cold. Like we have those kind of first world problems and concerns, and yet we're hearing these stories about people from countries where Christianity is still actively persecuted. And they asked the churches here when they were baptized, can you please turn the live stream off? Because if my home country finds out that I'm baptized, my family there will be killed. Mm -hmm. Like that is just, that kind of shook me. I've heard these stories many times, but to see that our fellowship churches are baptizing people from these persecuted areas and, and these guys are willing to publicly declare their faith despite what's happening. Mm -hmm. um, It just puts puts me in in a place of like, wow, okay, maybe my faith needs to be so much more um, grounded in something bigger than just our comfort or, you know, like even our prayer sometimes, like we just want to be a little bit more healthy, a little bit more wealthy, a little bit Mm -hmm. more comfortable, a little bit less troubles in our lives. And you hear these guys like, hey, Jesus, if I get you, I don't need anything. And that, that was Paul, right? If I get you, that is all I need. And if I lose everything else, so be it. Like that level of faith, that kind of determination to follow Jesus, um, perhaps some of us miss that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it's so important to just talk about the world and how God is at work in the whole world. And Mm -hmm. and like we said, not to feel a great sense of shame or guilt Mm -hmm. for anything that we have here, because God has obviously placed us here for a reason, but just to have such a bigger perspective and realize how big God is and how he is working and moving in every place Mm -hmm. and how different those places can be and how one place isn't better because of any number of things. But anyways, I forgot what your original question was that got me onto this tangent. In today's today's context, what does that look like to need to be together? Like, why do we need to be together? Mm. We're not in the identical place as the author of Hebrews was or these other parts of the world. Mm -hmm. Um, So we don't have like... Um, this this urgent necessity to gather because of survival or anything right. like that. Yeah. But why? Why should we still listen to this? Yeah, well, something that comes to mind is, I don't know if this is going to make sense, but I think it's important to gather together because it is so easy to be alone in our mm-hmm. culture with mm-hmm. all of the resources and technology we have with our... Um, are even like growing awareness of mental health challenges and how um, rampant and frequent diagnoses of mental health is. I just think that it's so easy for us to isolate ourselves because, you know, um, yeah, we have the technology, we have the space, we have the intellect, all of these different things that make us so very individualistic, Mm -hmm. especially in um, North America, that we can easily lose sight of community just by nature of how many other options there are out there. Yeah. yeah. And also I think, um, like, especially if we talk about like having specific Christian community, mm-hmm. um, and, and the importance of that, I, I think oftentimes we forget that even though maybe we're persecuted, um, or, or not persecuted physically here in, in Vancouver, at least, um, I think we forget that there is sin crouching at our door, mm-hmm. right? That's what, um, God talks to, um, uh, when the whole Cain and Abel story happens, tells Cain, hey, you have a choice here, right? Be careful because sin is crouching at the door. Like we are in a spiritual battlefield. And and mm-hmm. 
I know that that sounds kind of weird in this very secularized worldview that some of us Westerners have. Um, but yeah, there is a spiritual battle going on and there is a tempter, there's a deceiver who tries to take us away from our Lord, right? And I think that sin is crouching at the door. That's a very real thing. Mm-hmm. It's a reality. Um, it's an invisible reality perhaps, but it is a reality. And, and if you've walked your, your journey of faith, you probably have experienced some, some level of this. And that's why even though maybe someone's not out to arrest you for your faith, it, and but someone is trying to make you fall and someone is trying to deceive you and tempt you. And, and we believe in this reality. And therefore, um, when we talk about the need to be together, it's still very urgent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's still yeah. very urgent. I think another reason too, why uh, we can lose sight of this importance of community is because um, it is because of potentially how disappointing community can be in mm-hmm. the sense that mm-hmm. people are not perfect yeah. and churches are made up of people. And so no church is going to be perfect. No community yes. group is going to be perfect. No person is going to be perfect. And it takes a lot of effort. Um, to create community yes. and to build community and to pour into relationships and have authentic connections with people that I think, especially in our culture where buzzwords like deconstruction and cancel culture and mm-hmm. all these things are so easy to access and almost celebrated in a way yeah. like some sort of um, justice and equality in a sense. But I think that it can be so easy to just tear apart community, tear yeah. apart communities yeah. too, that, that, I think is also a reason why we can lose sight of it. Yeah. And I think it's unfortunate. And I think even non-Christians that I talk to, my friends, they recognize how dangerous those things are. Mm-hmm. If we continue to just constantly cancel each other out, mm-hmm. if we continue to constantly tear each other apart verbally and, and, and in many other ways, then it becomes that, oh, wow, like we don't have community because the only sense of community then you'll experience is a community of hatred. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is not anything that anyone wants to be a part of. Um, I think when we talk about as our church growing deeper together, Mm -hmm. like that's our goal as, you know, when people say discipleship or spiritual formation, uh, we try to use language that's easily understandable by anyone, uh, people who haven't been in part of church for a long time. So we just call it simply growing deeper together. We want to grow because we believe our journey is to grow, to mature in Christ. Uh, We want to go deeper in Christ, into his word, into his way, into his love. Um, but also we want to do it together. All those, all of those three words are very important to us. Mm-hmm. It's not like growing deeper is important and together is like a sidebar thing. No, together is actually an essential word here. Um, we believe God exists in uh, three persons, right? Uh, one God existing in three persons. And God shows us what that harmony and beauty and community could look like. He calls us to communion, right? He calls us to commune with him. Um, he calls us into community with him, but also into community with one another. So we believe it's essential. Our theology actually is that um, the together part is not just an extra or a bonus. Um, Without that, we can't appropriately worship God um, with our lives. And and then our our tagline, radical hospitality, meaningful connections, again, Mm -hmm. same thing, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, We're very invested in this idea of family, connections, community, Mm -hmm. doing life together, sharing life. Uh, And because of that, uh, we talk about it often. We emphasize it, like our lunches. Like those aren't just like add-ons to the worship service. That is actually a, a very important way in which mm-hmm. we worship our God. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And now let's talk about impact because we've, we've kind Yay. of talked about it. Yeah. Um, so Mary and I, at the time of recording this episode, we've just come back from impact last week. We came mm-hmm. back. And so we had a really cool, it's just a two nights, uh, three days. We were on the island in Nanaimo mm-hmm. and we had a lot of fun uh, connecting with hundreds of other church leaders, church staff and Christian agencies. And, and we just love it. Um, mm-hmm. um, on Sunday, we're going to share an impact highlight video. So people are going to be able to uh, well, actually, by the time you hear this episode, you've, <laughs> you've already, probably already seen the already video. Already watched it, yeah. <laughs> but um, it's really cool. So, Mary, what was your favorite part about Impact? Oh, honestly, there were so there were so many things. Um, one thing for sure was being able to share it with our staff team, mm-hmm. and the way in which we um, like we rented an Airbnb together, and we had just a lot of time together. Because surprise, surprise, we actually love each other, and we enjoy <laughs> hanging out, we enjoy playing games, cooking meals together. So that was a really special time. Yeah, I think about twelve of us. Twelve of us. Went. Yeah, twelve yeah. of us. Because I mean, we always say that we're family. We say the staff is family. We say that we're, you know, part of the larger family here. But I think it's really beautiful that then anytime that we put that into action, like it's actually true. (laughs) We're not actually just being hypocrites and using the language. Like we really are a staff family that loves each other and that wants to stay together. Um, And so that was a lot of fun. And as well, I think just, just meeting new people. I am privileged to be a part of the seminary that's part of our fellowship. And so I guess it's my second year now. And just with that, I've personally grown to meet and um, know a lot more people. So now when I show up to um, impact with like two or 300 people, probably more, more. Okay. There's like a great number number of people I can just go up to and catch up with and, and see how their ministries are going and build connections. I mean, through the fellowship and, um, the conventions, I think that's how we met David Innes and, and yes. that organization, which is then what started our tutoring program. Yep. And it's just beautiful to be able to fellowship, to be able to know people's stories, to see how God is working in their lives, and then also go another step forward and even sometimes partner with these people yes. and really make connections. So I just, even though I'm secretly an introvert at my core, I, I stock up on the Monday, Tuesday, and then on, from Wednesday to Friday, I just meet people and talk the whole time and it's so I was so exhausted on Saturday I couldn't yes. even make full sentences yeah. but I gave all of my energy and networking to those three days and yeah. it was incredible yeah it was incredible I quite enjoyed it too and especially with the COVID years again I mean it was hard for us to not have these opportunities so last year was the first impact out of, um, after COVID mm. and this year it felt like the first uh, impact that was really free from any like COVID influence yes. because we were so relaxed yeah. and not having oh, to yeah. always worry about it. Yeah. Um, but we we loved being together. Like you talked about us um, as a staff. Um, we stayed at an Airbnb together. Uh-huh. And most of the people who don't already live um, near Nanaimo, they all had to um, either rent hotels or something like that. And I think we were the only staff that actually did like a big Airbnb where we all stayed together. Mm-hmm. And not only is it more cost effective, um, we really love it. Yeah. We, we enjoy hanging out. But a lot of our other... Um, people like from different churches and agencies they said oh that's a great idea Mm -hmm. i think we should do that next year for our staff um so i mean there's a pros and cons because because we emphasize hanging out together a lot we sometimes don't have the opportunity to hang out with other people from other churches a lot like Mm -hmm. we don't network as much as we could if we just decided hey we're all just going to spread out and, and network and don't hang out with our own staff but um that was that was fun for me to hang out with staff and be together um but also 
I really do enjoy worshiping together. Mm. Uh, so there's lots of songs of worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, we even took communion together as, mm-hmm. as a group of church staff, um, hundreds of us. And it's just really cool that even though we might be from Whitehorse or Tawasin or Vancouver or Victoria, like we're all gathered under um, one God and we're trying to do his mission faithfully wherever mm-hmm. we are and to partner together. And like you said, there's opportunities of real partnerships. Sometimes it's just brainstorming and mm-hmm. sharing notes and mm-hmm. spurring one another on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes real tangible partnerships like with um, Vancouver Urban Ministries, with David Innes, like mm-hmm. you mentioned, um, and our tutoring program. But also um, you and I are going to Quantos in a few weeks yes. here. I uh, forgetting about with that. Caitlin and Jason mm-hmm. and his family mm-hmm. and my family. And, and we're all going to go and we're going to hang out, but we're also going to serve the camp and serve a bunch of young families during family camp mm-hmm. weekend. Um, so I think there's just ample opportunity for us to work together. And the convention actually uh, at Impact, their slogan was their new um, tagline, right? Mm-hmm. And it's boldly forward, never alone. And um, I'm sure they spent a lot of money and time on the branding mm-hmm. and stuff. It's good branding. But I love it. And yeah, it El- is. Elizabeth Faulkner, who works at the fellowship office, um, she kind of uh, uh, welcomed us to the event on the first day of Impact. And she said that, hey, I'm going to coin a new new uh, phrase here, a new word. Um, and it, she called it never aloneing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're boldly forward and never alone. Yeah. So what we're going to do is during this impact conference no one's going to be alone Tr- practice never alone <laughs> i don't know how well it, it caught on but it's catchy <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's okay. never alone. Um, next day very next day she was greeting at the entrance of this conference mm-hmm. center and she was alone so i said hey hey, hey. you said never alone so i i just stood there because i was good, early good. and um i had my 7 a.m meeting and, and yes. <laughs> so i was like hey i'm here early so i actually ended up greeting with her nice. the whole time for like nice. half an hour so that was fun yeah No, I love that um, slogan or tagline because like we were just talking about the, um, I just forgot what the tagline is. (laughs) Bully Ford, never alone. Never alone. Mary's still fighting her concussion. I lost my game. The never alone, this is what I was going to say. The never alone is something that I think is really catching on and we're talking about it in terms of mental health, in terms of the church, in terms of our need to meet together. But I love that they also put the boldly forward part on there because then it's meaning as you are together, don't forget to boldly still be going yeah. forward. And I think that's really beautiful because I think sometimes when we put in the effort to making community and then it works and you go through some challenges, but it's great and you're a family now, it can get really easy to just be complacent and yeah. just um, enjoy it, which is yeah. good. And become insular. Exactly. Yeah. But then remembering that, no, there's that first part yeah. that's still there. So yeah. even though I just forgot it, it I, it's it's really significant for me. And I've been thinking about that a lot. And I love that they put those two parts because I yeah. think that like we're, we're called to use those two parts together. So yeah. it's beautiful how they crafted that together. Yeah. At least you have a concussion as your excuse. <laughs> Jordan, our, our pastor, Jordan, he always says, what does he say? Boldly together, never forward. Or yeah. something? Well, that's another <laughs> that reason I forgot about it is because I have like seven different versions in my head. <laughs> he confuses us. Yeah. No, no. Um, I think, yeah, partnerships are really exciting. Right. Mm-hmm. Like um, there's a guy who is in Vancouver. He's pastoring in Vancouver. He's relatively new to his church. And he and I have never met, but we became Facebook friends before because cool. we knew that I knew that he became uh, a pastor there. Mm-hmm. And I, I always wanted to make sure we meet up and I welcome him to our fellowship family. Um, and then so we finally met. So when he was sitting down at a table, I immediately went up and said, hey, uh, this is a little bit interesting because we're Facebook friends, but yeah. we've never met. Mm-hmm. Um, my name's Paul. And he's like, yeah, yes, yes. And then turns out that. He before he started uh, pastoring at that church, they're from he, he and his wife are from out of town. So then, when they first came here, they actually visited our church. 
huh. on, on a Sunday and they never uh, came up to me to say hi or anything. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. I didn't even know that they came and they visited our church. Um, and his wife is Korean, actually. Um, so then they came and then they realized, huh, that was cool. Uh, that was a good service. It's a fellowship church. They went home in Vancouver, took their kids to a swimming pool. And um, at the pool, they they met some Korean people and they're like, oh, they're just hanging out and talking. And then they're like, yeah, you know, it's interesting. We were just at a church in Tawasin and they had a Korean pastor. And they were like, oh, what church was that? South Delta Baptist. Oh, that's my nephew. So apparently they Small met my world. uncle on the same day. Oh, that's, when, wild. So. that's another thing about the fellowship is everyone is so interconnected. And here's yeah. like a little sneak peek. Paul is like royalty at these events. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's just it just goes to the nature of like when when you're in an organization for so long and you're intentional yeah. about connecting how you know everyone and I know your dad is part of it yeah. and it's hilarious because there are a few times I met someone new and they're like oh Mary I don't think I know you and then I'd say oh I work with Paul Park and like, Paul Park no way so <laughs> I can't believe you're cool. still there yeah maybe in 10 years I'll know as many people as you but I'm not no. quite there yet no it's um I think I think yeah it is family right it we're is. a smaller kind of a denomination but I actually love that we're we're that way like Mm -hmm. it's kind of similar to how we are as a staff and how we are as a church it's translates to our fellowship Mm -hmm. but yeah that that new pastor um we met and then he immediately uh texted afterwards because we talked about the ELL program he wants to start a ELL program there so then uh he's coming to my house next Wednesday and we're gonna hang (laughs) out have coffee and talk about um well when I say have coffee we're probably gonna have water <laughs> but uh um, it's a trendy phrase yeah, i don't even have coffee in my house so um, so no but it's it's those networking opportunities that actually help us to um, share notes work mm-hmm. together um his area actually probably would benefit from the yellow program even more than our area because mm-hmm. they're they live in vancouver such a diverse uh, community there and um yeah so there was just like he felt like he knew me because of all these interactions and I felt the need to welcome him into the family because I knew he's from out of town and he doesn't have the many mm-hmm. years of hanging out together as a fellowship family. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to make sure he feels welcomed because our church, we're about radical hospitality, mm-hmm. meaningful connections. Um, so I think those things um, translate more to just than just church staff or church leadership or denomination. Um, this should be really the mentality of everyone, every Christ mm-hmm. follower. Mm-hmm. When you see someone baptized like... Like a couple of weeks ago, we had a baptism. Your initial desire in your heart should be to want to welcome her mm-hmm. <laughs> into our church family and make sure she feels at home and that she belongs. Um, when you see new people visiting, um, your natural inclination is to be a good host because you want them to experience God's goodness while they're with us in our community. Um, I think we have to take the togetherness and the community and the and the hospitality really seriously. Um, and I think our fellowship does that quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, what What do you think is the, like, especially this week, as you were at Impact with us, um, what would you say was your, your moment of feeling like, oh, I'm a part of this family. I'm not a visitor here. Because hmm. I know you said you're relatively new. You didn't grow up in a, in a fellowship Baptist no. um, circle. Interesting. A lot of different things, actually. And I Mm. think that's why the takeaway was so huge. And I still feel so like filled and pumped up from it. I think there were so many times. Um, 
even just showing up and realizing that I knew a bunch of people. Yes. That was very cool. And, and it wasn't just all students. It was some different staff. It was different of the ministry leaders. It was some yes. students like there, there were people that I knew and that knew me as well as I guess the word about my concussion had yes. sort of spread through a few different yeah. people and different, um, communities within yeah. the fellowship and so people were coming up to me asking me how I was doing it was funny because they would always like take me aside to like the quietest place <laughs> they could find because they were so caring about me um but that was really cool another thing that was really cool and really made me feel a part of it was that I was asked to be on a panel yes at one of the the evening sessions they wanted to hear from some of the younger ministry leaders and um, students. And so I was asked if I would share at the opening night dinner. And that was, I mean, it was scary, but yeah. then I, I enjoyed it. And then afterwards, I just thought how cool that was that they were um, intentionally, intentionally valuing us younger yeah. ministry members. Yeah. And yeah, so, so many things, but I, I was just so encouraged by the whole week. Yeah. I think it was a three-person panel. Um, yeah. Were you, I think you were the same age as one of them and one of them was younger? Yeah, but we were all pretty much 26 years yeah. old, so. Yeah, and yeah. it was funny because you guys all shared what year you were born in. Yeah. So it started a trend and <laughs> yeah, all the other speakers from there on said, I'm born in 1975. Yeah, I know. And you know what the crazy thing was? When we came back from Impact, Pastor Rick preached at our church and all of a sudden he said, <laughs> I was born in 1951. I'm like, whoa, like, is this know. what we're doing now? Yeah, Every know, time we speak, we're going to share how old we are. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, I thought that was cool too. And you know, that wasn't always the case. Now, I unlike what you said, I actually haven't been a part of the fellowship that long either. Mm. I'm an outsider. I didn't grow up in the Fellowship Baptist. Um, I kind of came in as out, the outsider. I came in coming hot, though, because I did ministries that I think the fellowship always wanted to do, but couldn't, like the First Nation ministry that I did. That True. was their first intro to me. Yeah. How long would that have been? How many years ago is that? Uh, 13 years ago for okay. now. Okay. Now, I've known guys like Larry Perkins for like 30 years because my right. dad worked with him. But okay. um, outside of that, mm. um, me personally entering the circle, but um, they were very welcoming to, to our fe fellowship's credit. They're very welcoming and hospitable. Um, but we were, when I first came in, we were very white. Mm. Uh, we were very male um, uh, oriented mm -hmm. and we were very old. <laughs> Just no way around it. So... Yeah. Um, <laughs> The, the, and then the credit to those guys who came before us, mm. they made such an intentional effort to highlight younger people, mm -hmm. to make sure they feel at home here. They don't have to just wait their turn for the next 30 years until they can be highlighted. Mm -hmm. Or um, people who aren't Caucasian or people who uh, aren't men, um, people who aren't lead pastors, people who aren't big shots in the Christian community. Mm. Um, they, they did such a good job at trying their best to uh, work with these people from all sorts of backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And now all those years of effort is, I think, bearing fruit. I think I so, think God yeah. is rewarding our fellowship family because now you walk into impact. It's like uh, there was a celebration because there's a growing Korean community within our uh, yeah. network. So then they said like, oh, there's 17 Korean pastors here today at impact. And everyone started cheering. And there's a lot of women. There's a lot of young people. There's lots of like people of every walk of life. Mm -hmm. And we celebrate that now. Mm -hmm. So I think that was really cool. And, and I think some of our staff were asking, Paul, are you counted as one of the 17? And apparently, no, I asked. I was not counted as one of the 17. So I, I don't know why people are always confused. The other day, <laughs> some of our church people were complaining that, oh, man, everyone on stage, we're, we're so, like, not diverse. And we don't have anyone who's not white. I'm like, 
wasn't I on stage? He's <laughs> like, oh, you don't count. I'm like, what? <laughs> so interesting. It's a very interesting, <laughs> interesting world we live in. Um, at Impact, I noticed that um, I think you and Caitlin, being immersed students, it mm-hmm. gives you natural opportunities to have connections with, totally, especially the younger people, but also staff members of the seminary and stuff. Um, other than that, do you have any like agencies that you're curious about and that you want to learn more about? Agencies out of that all I'm of us that we do. About. Well, I am genuinely very curious and excited to go to Qantas because I have never been to a summer camp before. Yes, remember Mary was homeschooled. <laughs> and... <laughs> And and Mary and I actually both never went to Christian camps. <laughs> yeah, I was delinquent. Well, I didn't go to any camp ever. Oh really? No, nothing. Not even like a um, really like no n- no camp. No, not no even camp. with family. Yeah, like we went to a campsite. Okay, okay. But, but I've never been to any yeah like I guess school okay. camp, Christian yeah. camp, anything. Okay. So I'm excited about that. Oh wow. <laughs> I, I haven't been. I, I've been to school camps, but I haven't been to any Christian camps because yeah, I mm. did not did not live that lifestyle. Um, so have you never been to like the, well, you've been to camp sites, like Christian campgrounds, right? Cause you've been to Barnabas. Yeah. But technically yeah. they call that a retreat center. Okay. okay. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> the next chair up. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, Qantas is great. I've yeah. only been there as a speaker, so I've never and been And I just there. spend the whole summer hearing about it all the time because we have so many amazing youth and yeah. different people who go as staff. So I'm excited yeah. to get a little taste into that world. Yeah. Um, so I'm very excited about that. Yeah, Sunny Bray. I'm also going to speak at Sunny Bray, which is a, okay. another Christian yeah. camp that our yeah. fellowship owns. Um, and that one is in Salmon Arm-ish. Mm. Um, and I've never been to that area. Mm. So I'm really excited about that. Mm. Um, it, it's really cool to partner with these guys. Um, is there any... Well, obviously, you know Vancouver Urban Ministries yes, probably I more. do. Yeah. yeah. And I'm forgetting other ones. So I was going to turn the question back to you and say, are there any that you are excited about? Yeah. Um, so I'm on the board for seminary and all that stuff. Right. So I'm quite involved with them. Mm. I, I've been with them. I, I've I've been their student, uh, their staff member, their mm-hmm. board member, mm-hmm. and now I have the privilege of being a little bit more. I've I've been search team chair to search for the new president. I've done their fundraising banquets and spoken there. Like so, I've done a lot with the seminary. So I feel like I'm really a part of their family. Mm. There's a couple of people retiring at the seminary, and I really feel like one of my own staff members is, is retiring. Mm. So. I feel very close with them. They're, they'll always be very special. Uh, Qantas, because I've just kind of, even during COVID, I've spoken to their staff over Zoom several right. times and yeah. before that in person. So I feel like almost like a campus pastor there sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, to be honest, I'm very excited about Sunny Break because I don't know anyone there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a new place for me. So I'm really excited. I don't know why they asked me to come, <laughs> but um, I'm really excited. That's happening in July. Um, and then... There's a new one, Mountainside Bible Camp. I heard it's a new one. Yes. In yeah. Fernie. Yeah. I'm oh, hoping Fernie for, is beautiful. I've never been there either, so I'm hoping for an invite. Um, this is my secret low-budget way of doing vacations with my family. <laughs> have you ever driven through the Rockies? No, I have not. Wow. Okay. The furthest I've driven in BC would be, hmm, let's see, like Okanagan-ish. Okay. Yeah, that at Kamloops is. You, you need to drive through the Rockies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have friends who've lived in the Revelstoke. They yes, say it's the most so photogenic beautiful. place oh, yeah. in the world. And like, I, there's tons of places I want to go. Um, there's um, New Hope Community Services. Right. I'm, I'm excited about them because they do refugee support. Mm-hmm. Migrant workers, they're right here in Ladner. Yep. They, they support Latin Americans who uh, work on, on our farms mm-hmm. and they share the gospel with them. Um, just tons of really cool things that happen in, in our fellowship family. Um are there any 
um, churches that you follow on Instagram or anything mm-hmm. and, and get inspired by. Interesting. It's funny yeah. you say that because, yes, there are. Other than Village. Village kind of doesn't count because we planted them. and <laughs> No, but sometimes I, just for fun, will go on our fellowship church's websites and like check out the staff page, check out the services. It's like <laughs> one of those dorky <laughs> hobbies that I have, just checking out. Other Creepy churches. other church yeah. websites. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Um, but I think you do the same, so I don't feel that bad. Oh, yeah. Um, um, By the way, I'm not looking for a new job when I do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fun. It's just interesting, and especially yeah. because so many people are so um, dedicated and connected to and committed to the fellowship. It's not like tons of people are like looking for a way out. If they're getting a new job, it's often at like yeah. another fellowship yeah. church, which yeah. is really cool to see. And it, it remains or it fosters that unity and yeah. the, the buy-in to the community, which is cool. Um I don't know. I, I enjoy all of our fellowship churches. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> I have a few friends who are in my program who go to Southridge Church in Langley. Yes. Yeah. And I have heard some really cool things that they're doing. I know yeah. that they're really um, passionate about outreach to the community and not necessarily mm-hmm. doing programs in which people come to them at the church, but actually um, going to the food bank yeah. and going to different places and yeah. doing soccer camps off campus and different things like that. And yeah. I think that's really beautiful and inspiring. Mm-hmm. Um, um, By the way, Larry Perkins is also from that church. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. many people yeah, are so from, that people church. from that church. Yeah. And then I, I also have some friends who are at our fellowship church in Whitehorse, which is just Yay. cool because what's the name Whitehorse. again? Mountain Mountain View. View. Yeah, I believe. Mountain yeah, Mountain View. View. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really cool. And then I we heard about a few new church plants. Yeah. That are happening. I think the worship leaders from Impact are part of a new church plant, right? No, Sandwich they're Sandwich Baptist. Plant? But one of them's from the plant. Oh, I think the, the new campus kind of. Thing? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I know there was a new church plant. Um, must be up near Quanos because one of the Quanos yes, guys is attending is. that church. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So it's cool to hear about the new, the new churches and the church growth as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, I think, um, well, I have friends at some of these churches, yeah. so maybe I won't name them. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was trying to get away with. No, but yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. no, I'm going to look bad. You've got to okay. name at least all right, one. All right. Yeah. Southridge, um, Brent, <laughs> I really appreciate Brent, uh, yeah. the lead pastor there and gotten to know him. I've been praying for him, Nathan and I. We always pray for him, even uh, now, every night. Mm. Uh, he's been battling cancer. Mm. Um, really appreciate him and his family. Actually, Brent's dad, Dan Chapman, is one of the reasons why um, our family was welcomed into the fellowship. Cool. Um, they had this thing called the Ethnic Ministries. <laughs> and because my dad was Korean, uh, is Korean still. <laughs> well, actually, no, he's Canadian technically. But um, um, but yeah, so they were very instrumental. Todd Chapman, their yeah. other son as well. Yeah. So we're very close and thankful for them. So Southridge, because Larry Perkins goes there. Um, yeah. uh, CEO of Baptist Housing, Mark Kinna is also there. Um, uh, CEO or know, executive director of Wings, Lori Waslu is also right. there. Yep. Dennis Waslu, who was the chairperson of our board at the seminary, is there. Yeah, like tons of people are I there. Know. So Southridge is definitely, uh, and Ridge, my yes. good friend Krista and Jerome Penner are yeah, there. Yeah, I was going to say, they just yeah, had a big Cody. reno or something, yes, right? Yeah. And, and Jonathan Neufeld. So that's always a cool church. I follow them on Instagram. Um yeah, there's tons of churches that I follow, like uh, the, is it the Meeting Place? Yeah, in Nanaimo. Gary Firth. Yeah. They do something really cool. They're very, very mission focused. Yeah. Like, like um, and when you, missional um, in the sense that they try to be as friendly and as welcoming of non-Christians who have no context of Jesus mm-hmm. and really share the gospel to them in a way that really makes sense to them. Mm-hmm. So they go out of the way to make sure they're always reaching people for Christ. And I think that's so cool. 
uh, Faith Baptist, where Doug Harris planted in Vancouver. Um, love that church. Uh, they have a new pastor, Pastor Jeremy McDonald. Um, fantastic. Um, Central Baptist, I feel mm-hmm. like I owe them one because I, I kind of um, recruited their lead pastor to become the seminary president. Now, I heard they voted on their new lead pastor yesterday. I mm. saw that on their Instagram feed, so I'm, I've been praying for them actually quite a bit. Mm-hmm. There were rumors that I was going to take that job or apply for that job. At <laughs> really? Least. Yeah. There I were never rumors heard that around. rumor. Uh, apparently, you're among the fellowship family. And I was like, wow, that would be so sneaky of me to hire um, Barton <laughs> out of that position. <laughs> to make position. available your yeah, job. <laughs> yeah, to make that lead pastor position available and then sneak in there. That would be very sneaky I guess maybe that would be an issue with having too many ties within the fellowship. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's actually fantastic. And of course, I love, um, you know, our, our fellowship staff, mm-hmm. right? Um, they're fantastic. Yeah, they're so good. And yeah. um, I'm not going to start naming them just for the fear of maybe missing one or for two you. of them out. But um, they're all great. They're all mm-hmm. fantastic. So I, I really do pay attention to our fellowship family uh, and their churches and it's really nice to see what they're doing and learn from them mm-hmm. um the, uh, at sycamus bob evans church they they do something called sycam mouse mm-hmm. and it's like a, every other year they do a huge carnival for the families there mm-hmm. and um it's like the main event it's like the highlight of their community and the church always puts that on and i'm like oh so i've always meant to like drive up there when they have those events and see what it's like uh, but last time we were actually going to do that covid hit so yep. it kind of um, dampened our excitement, but we will go go up there at one point. Cool. Um, so I think it, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, wow, like um, Paul and Mary really seem to like the fellowship. We do. <laughs> it's um, true. <laughs> and actually, um, Pastor Jason is like a legend among the fellowship. Yes. Um, yes. Everyone knows and loves Jason. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think our staff is now known to be the most supportive. Um, someone just called us like the biggest cheerleaders of the fellowship. Yeah. Our staff just, we go there and one of our goals is to encourage mm-hmm. the fellowship family. Mm-hmm. So uh, we hope we're representing our church well when we go over there and we lift people up. We build them up with encouragement mm-hmm. and kind words and, and active participation. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're thankful to be a part of this family and we're thankful to be a part of our uh, South Delta family too. Mm-hmm. So very good. Um, Boldly together, never alone. Close. Fully forward. Oh no! I <laughs> see Jordan's was, really screwed. I know. I know. That's close though. There's only one word. Boldly off. forward, never, never alone. alone. Okay, yes. got it. I got never it. Never alone. Yeah. I mean, um, if you've been listening to this episode, we've been kind of going on and on about this community. Um, please know that um, our community is available for you. Mm-hmm. If you feel like, man, I wish I had a community like that. I wish uh, we actually had a friend who gave birth to a child very recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mary went to visit and they were kind of saying, oh, wow, I love this community. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I love that we can be a community. We can be a family together. Mm-hmm. Um, if you feel like you just don't have that and you want other Christ following people in your life, um, please reach out to us. Mm-hmm. That is literally Mary's job yep. to make sure that our community feels at home and belongs in our in our church family. So if you don't, please reach out to us. Um, check out our website. Email one of us. And we would love, love to help you find those connections. Um, Again, radical hospitality, meaningful connections, growing deeper together, boldly forward, (laughs) never alone. (laughs) All of this talks about how we want to be present with God and present with one another. Mm -hmm. That's our goal. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll see you um, in our next episode. (laughs) 